Hello, history nerds and historians. My name is Christina and this is FDA Mythology. This is where we talk about a little bit from mythology. That's super fucked up because aren't they all fucked up? <laughs> so this year, I just did not have enough time to really like do justice to uh, pride like I wanted to. And when I was looking at different myths that I could do that maybe would have been a little bit quicker, they were all just like, like extra fucked up. <laughs> Most of them have to do with rape um, or sexual assault or deceit or coercion or anything like that. So I didn't feel like I could really do justice and wasn't like emotionally available enough to do these terrible stories and like point out all of that stuff. So I'm just going to upload like one of the first episodes that I did back in 2021 on Pride. Um, this was originally published on June 1st, 2021. And it's to if it's an Ianthe actually have a happy ending. So it's actually kind of like a feel good myth, even though like some of the people around them are terrible. The myth itself is is pretty feel good. So I'm going to go ahead and re-upload that for you all today. And I hope that you enjoy it. Happy Pride, my friends. So without further ado, sit back, relax and practice your oh good God. What the fuck faces? In the city of Phaestus lived a man named Lygdus. Lygdus was a modest and honest man. He's married to a woman named Telethusa, who is pregnant with their first child. Now, right before she gave birth, Lygdus came the fuck out of nowhere and said he prayed to the gods for two things. One, that she had a quick and relatively painless labor. And two, that she would have a boy. Because they were poor and girls require a dowry that they wouldn't be able to pay when she got older. Which... I mean, it's understandable because that's something that you should be worried about when you're poor if it is a social requirement. But this motherfucker Lygdus goes about things all the wrong way and tells Telethusa if the baby that she's literally days away from giving birth to turns out to be a girl, he's going to kill it. Telethusa is obviously not okay with this and begs Lygdus to change his mind because they tried so hard to get pregnant and they were so excited about having their first child and who knows what the future would have in store and the thought of killing a baby strictly because of a dowry some 15 years or so down the line is appalling but Lygdus doesn't change his mind so that's cool gotta gotta love the 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 fucked up misogyny but later that night telethusa has a dream where isis the egyptian goddess of healing and magic who's associated with wives and mothers came to her and told her not to worry isis tells her that she is such a faithful follower and her children will live regardless and she doesn't have to worry about her husband isis tells her that she is the goddess who brings comfort when her followers ask for her help and for hope so Telethusa woke up from her dream and went into labor. It was thankfully a really easy birth for her. And at the end, she had a beautiful baby girl. So Telethusa comes up with a plan and tells all the nurses and everyone that's present at the birth to tell Lygdus that she gave birth to a son named after his father, Iphis, which was an Egyptian gender neutral name. So it worked regardless. So they raised Iphis as a boy. 
they dress Iphis in boys' clothes, they use male pronouns, Iphis was pretty androgynous looking, but Iphis still identified herself as a woman. She just knew that she needed to portray herself as a boy so that her father wouldn't murder her. So years later, Ligdis finds a bride for his son, the beautiful and blonde Ianthe. Av describes her as perfect and a perfect match for Iphis. They were the same age. They were both beautiful in their own ways. They were educated and their friendship blossomed to complete and true love. Ianthe could not wait to marry Iphis. And although Iphis loved Ianthe more than anything in the world, they could not get married. If it was ever found out that Iphis was actually a woman, it would have been really, really bad for the both of them. Gay marriage was definitely not legal in ancient Egypt and Greece. I mean, there's like those stories about gay relationships that were mostly socially acceptable, I guess. Um, But that was typically between two men. I mean, Apollo was able to uh, oil himself up and play naked discus with Hyacinth and no one bats an eye. But these two women are absolutely and completely in love and they can't be together. And Iphis says this whole soliloquy where she's struggling with her sexuality and says, cows don't fall in love with cows, they fall in love with bulls. And she says that in the entire animal kingdom, no female animal wants another female animal, which science now has confirmed is definitely not the case, but this is ancient Greece slash Egypt. So Iphis says that her feelings for Ianthe are worse than those that Pasiphae had. Pasiphae, for those who um, aren't aware of that fucked up story, um, is about a woman who got super hot for a sacred white bull and then solicited the adventure Daedalus of later Icarus fame to make a contraption so... Uh, so that she could have relations with said bull. She got into like a, a wooden contraption that looked and smelled like a cow and then positioned herself just so, so that she could fuck a bull. Uh, and then birth the minotaur into the world. But it was okay for Iphis, uh, and, and not as bad as what Iphis is feeling, she says, at least because the bull was a male bull. So if that doesn't speak to how fucked up society was, I, I don't know what will. She tells herself, Iphis, you were born a girl. Stop pretending you're a boy and just embrace it and love Ianthe how she should be loved. There's nothing really stopping me. There's no guardian. She's not married. Her father approves. But if it says she can't have her, and even though her life has been good and the gods have been kind, two women cannot get married. She asked the gods why they would do this to her and make her feel this way, and that if this was their intention, they should have just let her father kill her, and she has lost all hope. And this breaks my heart so much because this story is thousands of years old. And yet these are still feelings that still exist within the LGBTQ plus community as they're trying to like find themselves and figure out who they are, especially if they're raised in a really religious household or have significant people in their lives that are homophobic. And I really don't expect to ever have like a significant reach with this podcast, but I still want to say, if you're feeling these feelings, you are not alone. You deserve to love someone and be loved 
no matter who the other person is. Now, I do want to say at this point that there is like one version that I've heard before. I couldn't find it personally when I was researching this, but I have heard this version where Ianthe knows that Iphis is a woman and she's totally okay with it. They're not like trying to like pull a switch on her really quick where Ianthe thinks that she's marrying a man and then they're going to like get to the wedding night and be like, surprise, no penis. Um, There's a myth that I've heard that says Ianthe loves Iphis even more when she finds out that if this is actually a woman, she's in love with the person 100% and it doesn't matter what happens and fuck society and fuck everyone's expectations and ideals. She's willing to like be happy and put herself at risk just as much. It's not an Ovid's telling, um, but it is like I heard a podcast that talked about that at one point with this story. So if mother, Telethusa keeps delaying the date because Society wouldn't be okay with this. They'd probably end up killing Iphis and Ianthe if they found out about it. So Telethusa says that she's sick or she had a bad dream and it was about an omen. But she eventually runs out of excuses. And the night before Iphis and Ianthe's wedding, she meets her daughter in the Temple of Isis and they pray to her. The goddess who brings comfort when her followers ask for help and hope. And Isis heard her. Her altar shook. The temple doors trembled, her idols glittered, and in the distance you can hear sistrums, which is her instrument. Telethusa and Iphis see these and hope that they're a sign of a good omen. So the mother leaves the temple first, and Iphis follows. But as she leaves the temple, her stride lengthens, her features grow sharper, his hair shortens. Iphis has been transformed into a man by the goddess Isis in the name of love. Iphis and his mother run back into the temple and leave offerings to Isis and inscribe on one of them, these gifts which Iphis pledged as a girl are paid by him as a man. And the next day, as the sun rises and shines light onto the world, Ianthe walks down the aisle to her Iphis and they become husband and wife and live happily ever after. The end. And I think that this is such a sweet story, aside from um, the girl murder and the heartbreaking thoughts that Ifis has about herself. Um, but I mean, it's kind of realistic. Um, I know I, I've definitely struggled with thoughts like that in my life before, um, as I've you know, dissected and come to terms with my own sexuality. And I think that this story is one of the very few where gods intervene and I don't hate them for it. And I'd love it if this story had ended with Iphis and Ianthe saying fuck it and getting married anyway and living their best lesbian life on the hillside. But times were so different back then, especially for women who fell within the LGBTQ plus spectrum. I mean, times are different 50 years ago. Times are different 20 years ago. I mean, the first legal same-sex marriage happened in the United States in 2004. There are still countries that persecute people for the suspicion of being gay. But everyone deserves love. Like the great Ewan McGregor says in Moulin Rouge, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Regardless of labels.